0: We always say, it's not about what's inside the space, it's about the process. It's about what happens in the space. And the first step that we do is we make sure we have a STEM or a STEAM champion in the school. In fact, what we like is an administrator champion and a teacher champion. And once we find them, we design the makerspace around their gifts and talents.
1: Welcome to Learning Unboxed, a conversation about teaching, learning, and the future of work. I'm your host and chief goddess of the PASS Foundation, Annalise Corbin. We know the current model for education is obsolete. It was designed to create fleets of assembly line workers, not the thinkers and problem solvers needed today. We've seen the innovations that are possible within education, and it's our goal to leave the box behind and reimagine what education can look like in your own backyard. Welcome to today's episode of Learning Unboxed. As always, I'm excited to talk with another great innovator in the transformative education space. And today we are going to be talking about makerspaces as a positive disruptor and how we think about the concept of what is school and why does it matter and what do we need to learn along the way. And joining us today is Noelle Conover, who is the co-founder of Matt's Makerspace Incorporated. So Noelle, welcome to Learning Unboxed. Thank you, Annalise. I'm so happy to be here. We are excited to have you here as well, because um, for our listeners who've heard me talk about making and maker spaces and the influence of hands-on, applied anything and everything, um, they all know how much I love this particular topic. But let's set some context for our listeners as we get started. Matt's Maker Space Incorporated is a 501c3 nonprofit started in 2017 to inspire a new generation of creative, collaborative, and experiential learners through STEAM-focused programming. We love that. <laughs> and it was created in memory of their son, Matt, who lost a valiant battle with cancer at the age of 12. But Matt was a tinker, creator, and builder of all things STEAM, and was a kind kid who always looked out for others. And so their vision was to fund new maker spaces for schools, libraries, and community centers and hospitals. And I really love this piece as well. And they also provide maker-focused programming and professional development for educators to ensure that everybody has access to making. So Noel, what an incredible, incredible endeavor. Let's start with that. So, um, you know, understanding the context and why you chose to do this obviously deeply sentimental sort of element here tied to all of this and yet through this journey a celebration of incredible things so let's let's really sort of start with you give us the context for why this is so meaningful as we get to 2021 <laughs>
0: Well, again, the story is interesting. And I always say, I never started out to start a nonprofit. This mm-hmm. is the nonprofit that started me. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the reason why I say that is, um, you know, all we were looking for, when a family loses a child, many people want to set up funds and people want to do races and they want to do, you know, all those different things. And as a family, we really had not found a way to truly celebrate Matthew. Um, And um, we tried everything, you know, we raised money for cancer funds. We, you know, we did all of that and it wasn't until our youngest daughter. So our youngest was, she was only two when Matt passed away and, and it wasn't until she graduated was ready to graduate high school that we thought, you know, this is a community that took care of us. They truly did. They, you know, when Matt got sick, they rose to the occasion. And it was really the school system that rose to the occasion. The teachers themselves would make casseroles and bring them over and 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 take care of my kids and even drive them home, you know, because my husband and I, he was working and I was at the hospital nine months with our son, um, almost never came home. And we had three remaining children at home. So we started to look at how could we thank the community? Like, what could we really do to thank the community? And so we started by going to the principal of the elementary school where all of our kids went and we sat down with him and we had given them um, what we called a matz. Um, we called it Matt's media room when he first passed away. And it was a place where they had a green screen that they could do, um, videos and it had at back at that time, it was like really innovative. It had a blank, uh, TV screen on the wall. So, you know, um, we, we went back to him and we said, look, what can we do to thank you? We just want to give you a gift. And he said, sit down. He said, have you ever heard of makerspace? And it was 2016. My husband and I are not educators. We're in the technology field. We had not heard about makerspaces. But when he told us, when he sat there and he described what happens in a makerspace, it just grabbed us. It grabbed the whole family. It grabbed me because I had fought my way into a STEM field. I mean, Mm -hmm. literally clawed my way in because girls, we, we just didn't have those opportunities when I was educated. My husband's an engineer. He was starting to see that engineers are not thinking outside the box anymore. They were coming and they were just not being educated the way he would like them to be. So, like I said, it grabbed our family. And my kids, who you know were older at this point, and my youngest was now um, graduating and going into a technology field, everybody said, wow, we would have loved to have learned yeah. this way. This would have exactly. been so cool. Yeah. So as a family, we started to look into makerspace. And it's funny because he said, would you think about funding a makerspace? Our schools, our school district was a high income school district. And I'm thinking, why didn't they have makerspaces? Well, they had a lot of other things to deal with. We have seven elementary schools in one school district. That's a lot. That means seven principals, seven counselors. So they have a lot and they also have very old buildings. So they were putting air conditioning in and really lots of capital improvements, but, but not enough money left over to do this innovative project. So we came in and we did what I'm finding out is still very rare. And that is we wrote a check to the public school system.
1: Mm-hmm. People don't
0: do that. That's not Correct. something that's done. Yeah. Um, yeah. And everybody said, why would you do this? And, and my, my answer is because if we didn't do it, they wouldn't have had it. And this will jumpstart them and launch these kids into, into STEM fields earlier. Um, so as I said, we went from zero makerspaces to seven overnight. Wow. And, and the beauty of that was every elementary school is different. And the way Mount Lebanon wanted to um, uh, organize it was they wanted to put them in the libraries or near the libraries and they wanted to have the librarians run them. Well, that was novel at the time. People were like, why are you doing that? But it, it was a really good idea because the library is the heart of a school. It's everybody accesses the library. So access was, was equal to all. And the librarians for the most part were really excited to learn something new. Um, And so the, the, the next thing we did was we partnered with the Children's Museum of Pittsburgh. When it came to Maker in two thousand and nine, they were doing Maker. Like that's how long they've been in, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and they've done some amazing projects worldwide with Google and and some really great partners. So I went to them. I knocked on their door, and they must have thought, "Who the heck is this lady? (laughs) Like, (laughs) what is she doing?" Um, But I knocked on their door, and I said, "Hey, I want to learn about makerspace. Can you teach me?" And I went to class. I became like I did. I told you I went to boot camp, and. the first thing at boot camp they did was teach us how to make an electric circuit, you know, how to do the positive and negative. I had never done that. I have never done it. Well, I learned about electricity, but it just didn't, it didn't, until you make it until you actually do it. Right. I'm a hands-on learner. I found out I loved it. Um, it was a little hard cause it was out of my wheelhouse. I like someone to tell me exactly what to do and they would not do that. Every time I'd say, you know, well, I can't get this. Why doesn't this work? And they'd they'd say, well, let's see. Why do you think it doesn't work?
1: (laughs) Exactly. It's (laughs) the whole idea of we're going to throw a problem at you and we're going to help you be creative and curious. Yes. To solve it for yourself because then you will know it forever. That's one of the things I love about making.
0: There's no rules. There's no rules. But for a person who likes rules, yeah, it was, it was uncomfortable. But <laughs> it, it ignited a fire in me and it made me realize that all my life I had been a maker. I mm-hmm. love crafts and I love knitting and I love to cook and I love to sew. I mean, those are making. And yep. so yep. when you frame it that way, it became a natural. And and so that started us on our journey. The next thing we did, I work at Children's Hospital, so my mm-hmm. my my job is um, I had been at the hospital for many years coordinating the survivorship program for kids who had had pediatric cancer and were now good, and mm-hmm. and we follow them into adult medicine. So that was where I I lived twenty four seven. I thought. Why don't we put a makerspace in the hospital?
1: Absolutely. Like, what I do you think? love this concept? And, it should be you know everywhere. What?
0: It should be. But guess what? Yeah. We could not find a model. Like we looked, we did all the searches, we tried to find it. We found one guy out on the west coast that had maker carts that went into some places. Nobody had done a makerspace in a child a children's hospital. So we did, and you know what? That was back in 2017 it's really just starting to take off now. And it's because it took that long for people to, to realize all the things that could be done in there. But you think about it. I mean, we've got kids that are in the hospital for long periods of time, right? They right. don't, you know, and, and our Matt was the same way. He was in the children's hospital. He was 12. So he didn't really fit like in a kid's playroom, Right. but he really didn't fit in a teen lounge. Right. He didn't like that. Right. But if he had had a makerspace, our son would have been so happy. He would have built with Legos all day long and just been so happy. So it made sense for us to do it, and um, they love it. and And now families go there together. We we actually had a great story about a family that. Um, Their child was in the pick you, so or in the NICU, Mm -hmm. like baby, Mm -hmm. you know, baby, baby. Right. They had hours on their hands. And so they went in the makerspace and they created their own monopoly game for their city. Mm. And it was so cool because and they used the 3D printer to make little things. And I thought that's a use we never even dreamed of. We thought patients would go in there with their families, but we didn't realize families would use it as well. Um, and well, they so, have the same
1: kind of time, right? And, you know, natural had, yeah. curiosity and focusing on something else, even if it's just for a little, a few hours each day, what a powerful, powerful gift, yes. honestly.
0: Yes. And so it, it was, and 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 we love doing it. And then things just started to open up. You know, once you get known in the, mm-hmm. in, once we joined uh, Remake Learning here in Pittsburgh is a a wonderful ecosystem of all the people that are doing um, things in the field of education and Mm -hmm. and changing the way education is. You know, we just started talking and one thing led to another. And the next thing I know, we're over 40 makerspaces. Wow. Congratulations.
1: (laughs) What a powerful, powerful
0: thing. Yeah, it's like I said, it, and, and the passion comes through. So I tell a lot of bereaved parents, cause I speak to bereaved parents mm-hmm. at the hospital and I tell them, you have to find something that will ignite a passion in you that will also be able to help you memorialize your child, yeah. you know, yeah. because, um, we named it Matt's makerspace for a reason. I mm-hmm. want everyone to say to me, who was Matt?
1: that? Yeah. 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 That's really quite remarkable. And I, and I love the fact that you, as an individual, um, as a family, and now as a nonprofit, are thinking about the sort of collective impact that you can have through this endeavor as a community effort and a community issue. Um, Because one of the things that we often see when new startup really great ideas happen is they become singular very quickly. Right. And I love the fact that by design or happenstance or because, right, that the work that Matt's makerspace is has really taken on has been more of a community. Effort and the fact that it's in schools, that it's in the hospital, it's in community centers, that you're thinking about the different places, right? You're thinking about the different places where making has a sort of a natural fit that because of time, because of space, because of access, you've thought about this notion very differently. And that's super, super unique. And I and I guess one of the things that I really want our listeners to think about as you're listening to Noelle talk about this is we often feel like when we try to do new things, we have to do them within a set established structure that we already are comfortable in. And my giant takeaway from our conversation is let your comfort go, right? Get super, super uncomfortable. And in that space of being uncomfortable, you know, new incredible things will be possible to you. I mean, the fact that you went to become a maker yourself, (laughs) <laughs> right? That's, that, that's a powerful way of trying to take an endeavor and say, I'm going to not only make it my own, but I'm going to sort of put my own DNA into this effort as well. And we know that when we talk about transformative education, teachers, um, after school or out of school providers, facilitators of learning, take your pick, that when we, we, we get into that space, suddenly it's magical.
0: It is. It's truly magical, and I've seen the magic. And once you've seen it happen, and, and I see it with kids all the time. The kids love being in makerspace, um, and teachers tell us that coming back out of the pandemic, the makerspace is really where the kids want to be because they're having trouble sitting still. They're having trouble, you know, being in a traditional classroom. But when they go to the makerspace, and and especially when you get a really good teacher in there who understands facilitation. Um, you just see the magic happen. And so for me, going to visit my makerspaces is my favorite part of the job. Um, I I love doing it. But I wanna, you know, what you were saying about be creative, if you think about what we're trying to encourage in makerspaces, I think that's how we've approached our nonprofit as well, is we want to just be creative. We want to think outside the box. We don't want to be, you know, um, one of the things I really didn't want to do was to put a makerspace in by just putting equipment in and leaving, because that's what we've seen. We've seen a lot of makerspaces out Mm -hmm. there that are given by wonderful corporations who have a heart for what we're doing. But If you just put a makerspace in and leave, it's not going to work. We always say it's not about what's inside the space. It's about the process. It's about what happens in the space. And the first step that we do is we make sure we have a STEM or a STEAM champion in the school. In fact, what we like is an administrator champion and a teacher champion. And once we find them, we design the makerspace around their gifts and talents. So oh, you may find a makerspace. You, you yeah. may find a Matt's makerspace that doesn't even have, are you ready? It doesn't even have a 3D printer in it. Hmm. And the reason is that teacher has no idea what to do with a 3D printer. But that teacher might have learned to sew. Hmm. And she would like sewing machines. And so we did one makerspace where we put four sewing machines in the space. And guess what? Fourth grade boys love to sew on a sewing machine and they they, they are, they are like challenged. And so then they went out in the school and they were trying to find things they could make. And they found that the teacher's backs were hurting. And so they made every teacher in the school, lumbar pillows on the sewing machines, because the teacher said, "Let's make for a difference. Let's not just make something because we want to make it. Let's find a need, or a true need we can fill, and do it." So, so I love the fact that out of the forty some maker spaces that we have, you will not find two that are alike. Mm, you will not find that. the same Highly equipment. Highly customized.
1: Yeah, Highly that's customized. incredible. So, walk us through just a little bit, then, Noel, how how you sort of set this up. Let's say you're a school. Um, I assume that you're obviously the Pittsburgh area, um, but all over Pennsylvania, is that sort of where you're, I, I was trying to set the boundaries for folks to like <laughs> there to understand. There are no boundaries. <laughs> okay. There are no boundaries. Well, that makes it even better. Yeah. Uh, but uh, So yes,
0: we started in our own little world. And initially what we did was I started with places that had an impact on our family. So again, we did the Mount Lebanon schools. Then we did children's hospital because obviously that had an impact on our family. We went back to Matthew's preschool and we did a preschool makerspace. Um, you know, so so we kind of grew it that way, but then we ran out of things that really impacted our family, right? And so the word started to spread. And what we did was we we definitely said we want to focus on Title I schools where about 70% or more of the kids are on federal lunch because that really is who has the need. Um, and so we moved out that way. But um we've you know we've actually pushed the borders. We we have a children's hospital in Chicago. Um, that was interested in, in putting a makerspace in. So, so we're working with them. And, and frankly, I mean, I don't want to spoil the, uh, the news, but I'm leaving next month to go to Ireland because there's a school in Ireland that would like to have a makerspace. And the connection is that the teachers here at Point Park University, who I work with, we put a lab in there. That was interesting because what we found was teachers are still being trained in teaching the exact same way they've been trained for the last 40 years. Correct, yes. And what's we happening,
1: we, we know this, right? We've got to completely retool this, yes, Exactly,
0: indeed. so we thought, let's put a makerspace lab in a school of education and Correct. see what happens. Good for and you. we did that. So it's called awesome. Matt's Makerspace Lab. And those teachers get four classes. Every, mm-hmm. um, all the graduating uh, teachers, the pre-service teachers take four classes in the Makerspace. Love and then this, when they love come this, out, love
1: this, love they know this. how to use it.
0: Yeah. Yes. So, So they said to me, Well, they just asked for a second makerspace. So now we have two in there because one is more the high tech Uh and one is more the low tech. Yeah. Um, And it makes sense to really educate them in both. But what they said was we send our teachers overseas to Ireland every year. The ones that want a global experience, they would be perfect to bring Maker to Ireland if we had a Maths makerspace there. So hopefully, and that's not not in in ink yet, but hopefully we're going to be global.
1: I love Um, it. And it. that
0: kind of scares me because, um, we've grown so quickly. So we've only been a nonprofit for five years, uh, 501c3 for five years. And, um, I told my board when I formed them that, you know, we would do two or three a year, and we're growing at such a rate that um, that I would like to do 10, 12 a year if I can.
1: Mm-hmm. That's um, fabulous. So I, yeah, I love the teacher prep piece. Thank you, thank you, thank you for that. Um, so incredibly important because you're absolutely right. It's part of the work that we do is just recognizing that we are not currently um, preparing teachers for for educating students of the 21st century and beyond, right? Because the needs of students are very, very different. Um, the way they think about the world is very, very different. They're, they're, the interactions with technology um, and learning and understanding, honestly, we can't keep up with the rate and pace of change. So we have to be really critical and collaborative thinkers who understand that you know through making and learning and hands-on education and relevant things because students want to work on things that matter to them. And yes. when they do that work, they learn so much, so, much, so right? much more than, you know, what is in the curriculum guide for our day, if you will. Right. And so I just love every aspect of that. One of the things I'm curious about, though, and and one of the things that you'd mentioned earlier was, um, you know, you've been many places where there was a maker space and it goes completely unused. Well, I've seen this so many times as well. And what we know is that, you know, one or two things happen. Either it's aspirational, we put it in place with nobody there to take ownership of it. Or the other thing that happens is we put it there initially, we've got somebody who's passionate about it, loves it, and yet they leave or they're transferred or they're retired. And there's no there's no sustainability plan for this effort. And it's also seen as a one-off. It's a thing in the school that that teacher does or that class uses. It's not seen as making for everyone and everything all the time, right? And right. so- I'm curious about how your organization in partnership with the schools or the other places where Maker makerspaces go, think about the question about ongoing sustainability and um, capital growth. And I, I chose that word very deliberately of this mm-hmm. place and its capability. How do, you, how, how do you ensure that investment over a longer period of time? Oh, there's, there's so many things that go
0: into it. And we're starting to see that now because we've been doing this now for seven years. And so sustainability is absolutely something we're seeing. First of all, like I said, we don't go into a school unless we have a teacher champion, but also an administrative champion. And those administrative champions are important because they ensure that over time, yes, the teachers may come and go, but at least as a school, this is something they embrace. And, and so it's really important to me. I have amazing administrative champions for our Maker makerspaces who um, they, they make sure too, that it's not just one teacher's class that gets to use the makerspace. We encourage a separate area um, it, we used to go into some libraries, but it's really important that it's a separate room because mm-hmm. what happens is when making is full blown, it's very noisy and yeah. very chaotic and it's all awesome. of that. And and it's opposite to what's happening usually in a library. So it's really good if they're adjacent to the library, but not in it. And, and so we, we encourage this, this um, uh, universality of the space so that everybody uses it. Well, how did we accomplish that? First of all, we don't go into a makerspace without also providing training. And so not only do we give them the equipment, but we have a whole division of Maths Makerspace now that's dedicated to faculty development, professional development. And we do it for free. Because we got a Grable grant, which Grable is, you know, has has really embraced us in Pittsburgh, which is wonderful. Um, We were able to build it up so that we can um, bring teachers in who are, maker trained who might want to do this on the side and we actually can pay them, but they can go into the school for free and we'll do workshops or we'll do after school workshops or we'll do um, on their in-service days, we'll do things to help them learn how to use the equipment. The other thing that we encourage is when a school has a makerspace, a maths makerspace, that they have a team of teachers who go to the children's museum for boot camp. Because boot camp is wonderful. And the thing about boot camp is you're doing it together and it builds your team. Um, and so we've done boot camp. We did boot camp at Children's Hospital. We actually um, opened a mental health, children's, uh, a mental health math maker space. And we went in there and we did boot camp on site, which was wonderful. So that's really how we're doing it. Um, the other thing that's funny about sustainability and about growing. We've already seen kids that were in our elementary maker spaces in certain schools. They've graduated and gone on to the middle school. And their first question is where's the math's maker space.
1: Yeah. We don't yeah. see
0: it. Where is it? Yeah. Where is and so, it? We, And so we've come back to school districts and we've actually given them middle school makerspaces, awesome. um, so that the whole continuum is there. And, and so you could say our sustainability is being driven by the kids themselves who are looking for this, like they're going into a middle school and if they're not seeing a makerspace, they want one, they really want one. Um, and so that's really, you know, helped us grow as well. But, um, but it's always a challenge because, uh, you know, what we're finding is, um, not everybody embraces the maker methodology. You know, a lot of us are getting it, but not all of us are getting it. And so I think it's a constant um, learning curve where we're, we're always educating. We're always looking to try to um, spread the word more in schools um, and get excited. But I think the kids tell the other teachers that they love what's going on in the makerspace, And so then I think the other teachers who were initially technology resistant are saying, hmm, I wonder how I could get my class in the makerspace. You know, what could I do there? And we actually we had gym teachers that take phys ed teachers that take their kids into the maker space and do things in there. So, so what creativity that involves, I'd love to see that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. And we do the same, right. We advocate that um, you know, hands on problem-based learning is for everything, right. And for everyone and for every subject, there is no content that cannot be fully applied hands on. Right. And every single content can make, and making can be part of what happens within whatever you are teaching. But you're right; it's really difficult. There are some folks that are like, "Well, no, no, I'm the English teacher. I'm the social studies teacher. I'm the to your point. I'm the gym teacher. We don't make things." I'm like, "Well, but you could, and amazing things could happen if you were to do that."
0: It's a control thing, though. And yeah. I've, I've been to some teacher conferences this summer where we talk about that, and mm-hmm. and it's really it's really. A giving up of control. And yeah. that's hard. That's hard it for is. me. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't like to give up control. And so you have to kind of really ease them into it. One of the best ways to get, I think, administrators for, for sure, into what making is, is we invite them in, we invite the school board to come in to the makerspace and we have the kindergartners lead them in a maker activity.
1: That's awesome. I and I by the that. end of
0: that, the, the administrators are like, Of course, this is wonderful. Um, I, I want to bring my team in next yeah. week. Can we do something in the makerspace? And they realize that what we're talking about is is building collaborative skills mm-hmm. and 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 learning and communication skills and things like that. Um, and then it kind of takes it away from being just this thing to kind of being more of this concept. Right. And, and that everyone can embrace it.
1: Right. And I'd like to sort of wrap our conversation actually on that point, this idea of the concept of making, because, you know, we also need to recognize that we've got teachers, Um, who are communities that are listening, um, who don't have access to the resources of their school or their community has not decided to make an investment in a space for making. But I want to go back to something that you said very early on um, in our conversation, and that is that there is high-tech making and there's low-tech making, and there's everything in between. And so if I'm that teacher um, sitting out in the world and I'm listening to you talk about how incredible... One of these spaces is um, for, for, for students or, or, or in the school, but, but I don't have that. You know, what do you tell that teacher who wants to make this transition in a, in a place that doesn't have that resource, but still could be a maker? How do you help them move down, down that road?
0: I would tell them to to research what making is, like to really understand what it is to make, and to know that you could start a makerspace seriously with as little as five hundred dollars. It's not about what's on the walls and what's in the drawers and all that. It's about what you want to do and how you want to foster learning. And I've actually had we had a we had a school district that won a contest that we sponsored it was a, a, a rube goldberg mm-hmm. machine where you had to yeah. pop a balloon yeah the, the the school that won the contest won two thousand dollars from us you would have thought that they won the billionaire lottery okay because they were such a poor school they took that two thousand dollars and they made a Maths makerspace out of two thousand dollars when i went to visit it i said what is it that you did Well, we just, we pulled the whole community together. You know, Jim, he had a couple drills and we put those on a wall. And then we went down to the hardware store and told them what we were doing. And they said, oh, we have this. And then we told our PTA and the PTA said, we'll, we'll collect everything because it's about recycling, upcycling cardboard and, and, and uh, uh, pipe cleaners and whatever they could find. And they put them in a space and they called it a makerspace, and they started doing what we do. And that's facilitating learning in there. And you know what? I was so impressed. I wrote them a check for a lot more than $2,000 and we made it a true math makerspace. But I was so impressed at their ingenuity and, and their desire. It doesn't, it's, it's really not about the stuff. Yeah, no, that's it's what it, I it's, can say.
1: Absolutely. It's not about the stuff. It's about the amazing people um, that find their way into into making and thinking differently. Absolutely. I agree. Noelle, thank you so much um, for joining us today. And most importantly, thank you, thank you, thank you for how hard um, you're working in Matt's makerspace um, and the impact that it's having um, in communities. Um, We are so appreciative of that.
0: Thank you. I, I'm so happy to be here. We're, we're kindred spirits. We're yeah. doing the same things in next door states. And yeah. um, thank you for having me. I encourage everyone to visit our website just to see what we're doing and to reach out if you have any questions. I'd be happy to hear from any teacher out there.
1: Oh, we love that. And we'll make sure that we also um, paste the links um, in the show notes for everybody. But yes, if you are interested at all, I highly recommend you hop on the website and um, reach out to Noelle and just sort of see what might be possible. So, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for Learning Unboxed, a conversation about teaching, learning, and the future of work. I want to thank my guests and encourage you all to be part of the conversation. Meet me on social media at Annalise Corbin and join me next time as we stand up, step back, and lean in to reimagine education.